With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Okay. Recording in progress. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back live with Bonefruit from the Heartland, the Louis B. Free radio show, The Adventures of Johnny Butterfly Seed. I have Teresa Parrish on with me. Good morning to you. Good morning. How so, are you? I'm well. Introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. So my name is Teresa Parrish. I am the author of The Adventures of Johnny Butterfly Seed, which is a book all about saving the endangered monarch butterflies. You know, and I, I was telling you off air, just, and I, I get concerned because I remember uh, when I was young, which was an awful long time ago now, but I remember you'd see lots of butterflies. I would see lots of bees. I'm kind of, you know, uh, not to mix issue, but I, I, I don't see the bees like I used to see. Uh, you know, I didn't see the, I don't see the butterfly, and it concerns it concerns me so tell us a little bit about your path and how you got involved with this well i have noticed the same thing so when i was a kid i remember seeing monarch butterflies everywhere i grew up in minnesota so i'm just gonna say where it is cold most of the year you can still grow milkweed and have monarchs but when i started noticing that there were less and less monarchs i tried to find out why is this happening and it is the plight of all pollinators, not just the monarchs, but you mentioned bees and other insects that pollinate our food, um, that they're declining. And there's multiple reasons. Of course, using chemicals on your lawns and your gardens and your fields um, kills the, the milkweed itself. And this is the only larval host plant for the monarch butterfly. But there's also, you know, development, urban development, climate changes. Um, the more we continue to put in, you know, multiple multifamily housing, um, we continue to grow or build businesses and develop our urban areas. So we forget sometimes that we're literally changing the environment, the ecology, and removing the habitat for these pollinators. There's things that we can do, though, to try to compensate. We can still build a house, yet plant the right things that we can put the ecology back in place. And stop using all these horrific chemicals. And again, not to digress too much, but one of the things with, with Roundup, with glyphosate, and I've had numerous people on talking about the ill effects to, to humans, you know, uh, um, that there, it's, and it's so pervasive in our environment. There's so much of it. It's in, in the water, it's, you know, and, and the ill effect that it has on, on human health. Um, I had uh, a doctor on yesterday, a physician on yesterday, talking about it being in the food and being in the wheat and being in the, you know, the Roundup Ready products that are out there. But without our pollinators, you know, when people would say, you know, uh, um, you know, there's an old song, very much predates you. Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the birds up above and a thing called love and about, you know, uh, procreation and just the fact that with without without the pollinators. Uh, uh, selfishly, we won't have food. I, I don't. I get concerned about that. I, I people need to recognize that this is our, our food source. This is life on Earth. Yeah, but people are unaware 
And so I always say, you know, awareness is the first step to anything, right? So if they are unaware that getting rid of the bees, getting rid of the butterflies will affect your food supply, you might take a different view, right? If you actually yeah. have the understanding and you have that education that you know, then you can do something about it. So again, but you have to understand what's going on. When you mentioned milkweed, do you mind? Let's talk about that a little bit about planting milkweed. And if you look at at, at the website, you can see that, and you can find uh, information about that. And again, it's johnnybutterflyseed.com. We've got links up at louisfreeshow.com and at wfmj.com. Tell us a little bit about milkweed. So milkweed is what's called the larval host plant of the monarch butterfly. What that means is that is the only plant that the monarch will lay the eggs on. So they lay the eggs. The caterpillars literally need milkweed in order to, you know, grow and survive. So without milkweed, we have no monarchs. So it's unfortunate that weed is in the name of these beautiful plants, but uh, we can actually grow gardens with milkweed in. We can put them in our fields. We can put them in our ditches. We can put them in urban gardens. And what we're going to do is create more plants for the monarchs to lay their eggs on. Tell me a little bit more about your path to, to what you're doing today, if you would. Well, it's an interesting path. As a, as a kid, I was that kid that just like left the house, went out in the woods. I was very into nature. I rescued every animal insect <laughs> I could possibly imagine mostly to my mother's dismay because she would open up my, you know, drawers of where my clothes were supposed to be and she'd find, you know, chipmunks and snakes <laughs> and whatever else Yay. that I was saving. Um, so I was always on this path and very connected with nature. And but I'm just telling you, when I saw especially monarchs and bees disappearing, this puts up some big red flags for me because I remember as a kid them being everywhere. The fact that you yeah. can go out to a garden and not see any bees or any butterflies is shocking. There's something wrong in the world. <laughs> so you, what was the tipping point for you? Um, noticing that the, the monarchs were disappearing. And I'm like, why is this happening? Is it just and because then, of, you know, development? But no, it's more than that. And, you know, even if you go to, like, at your regular stores that have garden centers, every plant there is sprayed. I'm telling you, I was at Home Depot the other day because I wanted to get some nectar plants to put in my butterfly garden. And I looked at these beautiful uh, flowers, and I was like, I was just looking at them, and I started to notice. I looked up, and I was like, wait a second. There are literally no bugs on these plants. And I could look up and see the milkweed, which was unsprayed, filled with bees and butterflies. And I'm like, I'm not buying any of these plants. There's something wrong with them, and there is because there are chemicals on them that the insects won't go near, or it could kill them. Which is which is bizarre when you think it's about it, bizarre. correct? Because it doesn't, you know, I mean, is it to to keep you coming back to the, their their stores? Because they're not. I, I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand the idea of we'll just put a chemical on it. We'll just do this. We'll just preserve. Right. We'll just you know, and at what cost to 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 our personal health and the world? Well, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to business, businesses want to sell things that um, people want. And I'm just going to say, well, I was standing there commenting, what is wrong with these plants? There's no bugs on it. Two other women walked by and looked at it and said, that's perfect. No bugs. So this is what we're combating is the lack of awareness of what does that actually mean? 
And a lot of people just don't want any bugs in their yard. So they continue to plant the grasses, plant the flowers that are just full of chemicals, and it keeps them bug free. I'm like, you're literally changing ecology. <laughs> like everything you do changes ecology. And the, and these chemicals go they they don't go away. That's the other you know, I mean again when I think about Roundup and all the, the, the Services that come out and put things so so you don't have any a weed a yeah. weed in your yard. Uh, mm-hmm. It just uh, and and these chemical people breathe them in. They get and they're they're forever. They get into yeah. our water supply. It's just yeah. it's 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 frightening. It really is. It is. You know, I I look at everyone's out there and everyone wants that perfect lawn and they want a perfect garden and they're they're so worried about looking good. And I've realized it isn't. It shouldn't be about looking good it should be about doing good and if you understand what you are doing to the environment and the ecology when you're trying to have these perfect lawns and gardens then maybe you could stop right i mean like just do good like if you don't have bugs in your yard something's wrong something's your wrong. Not good. yeah, yeah. It's just, your food won't grow if you're growing a vegetable garden you have no bugs nothing is going to grow and that's it's interesting when you say that because i've I've often said people are more concerned with the greenness of their grass and the goodness of the relationships that they have in their home and outside the world you know but my but my yard looks good my yard looks good and and there's ways of having your yard look good if you want that to look good without these horrific toxic uh, chemicals and the other thing i don't see that that I, I used to see as, as fireflies. And I mean, I used to go out, yeah. you know, I used, to, I used to go sit out and I'd watch them and I'd watch them, you know, light up. And I, I don't, I'm not, not seeing, not seeing them like, like I, I used to. No, and same thing. I've noticed same the thing, same right? thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all, all part of the, and by the way, I've just, I've got to mention that if they go to your site, you do have uh, milkweed seed packs. We do. People, yeah. yeah. And now it's really important. I would say the seed packs that I sell cover most of the United States, except for probably the Pacific Northwest. But there are many types of milkweed, and you should always find what is the milkweed that is native to your area. I see. You always plant native. I mean, not just milkweed, but with everything, whether it's grasses, flowers, milkweed, plant native. There's a reason why to do this, and that's because then you will have the ecology that you're supposed to have in supposed your to area. Have, yeah, not mm-hmm. something, not bringing something in from, from mm-hmm. somewhere else. But your milkweed, I mean, again, I hope you don't mind if I ask, but for Ohio, Pennsylvania, your milkweed good, mm-hmm. or should we look, try to find oh, it? It'll, it'll work there. Okay, yes. okay, I just wanted to make sure. I just, <laughs> well, then when you said that about native, you know, I just wanted to, to, to make sure, and again, what would, uh, what would be, you know, a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing to do. For, mm-hmm. for people and again to attract them and and again with without these be- and beautiful creatures and again when you think about the tell us a little bit more about the monarch butterfly monarch to me is like it's probably what i would say the most miraculous of the butterflies so it's a migrator which most butterflies aren't my uh, they don't migrate so the monarch typically in any area will live three to four generations and then that last generation whether it's third or fourth generation starts to migrate and this happens almost over the entire united states canada they either go to california or mexico i do have a suspicion that none of the monarchs here in florida migrate because the weather is very good and it has the same sort of climate that they're looking for for overwintering 
but uh, there's organizations in place to you can get tags and you can tag these monarchs and participate in helping track the migration of the monarch. So the monarch is just exceptional because I mean those little tiny wings will flap for 1,500, 2,000 miles to go migrate for overwintering. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's that's mm-hmm. that's, that's absolutely incredible. So let's talk about the book. I love the book, The Adventures of Johnny butterfly seed tell us about it so johnny butterfly seed everyone's heard of johnny appleseed right well johnny appleseed he traveled everywhere planting apple seeds producing food for people well johnny butterfly seed actually takes milkweed and plants milkweed everywhere to help save the monarchs so it's that same sort of you know tongue-in-cheek on johnny appleseed it's johnny butterfly seed so johnny Um, is a young man that loves the monarch butterflies and he too has been noticing that there's been a decline in monarchs over the years even though he keeps planting milkweed he sees less and less monarchs every year and so him and his fairy friend Raven Silverwing who you can see on the cover sitting on Johnny's shoulder um, they come up with a plan to help save the monarchs and that includes working with Queen Venus who is the queen of all monarchs and enlisting the help of all monarchs to lay eggs on all these plants that they can take these plants and start to share them with future butterfly farmers, so these are kids, all over the the country so that we can start igniting their passion around the monarchs so that they can start to plant milkweed and raise butterflies everywhere they are in the country. That's beautiful, and a a beautiful book and a beautiful gift, by the way. You know what I I loved is that when I was looking at the advanced praise for the adventures of Johnny Butterfly, see, there you have the um, uh, Mm -hmm. eight-year-old, the quote. I I just, I love that. I love that. You (laughs) never see that. You always see people with certain titles and certain things, which is important, which is good, which is great. But you had an eight-year-old, a quote uh, from an eight-year-old there. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Tell me about Michael. So Michael is my partner, and he is the real Johnny Butterfly Seed. So he is he's the inspiration for the book, and he's he's the one that I learned. He would just take milkweed. He'd carry it with him all the time, and he'd just go out and he'd plant it. Didn't matter if he was in an urban location or a country location, planting milkweed to try to help the monarch. So he is definitely the inspiration of this book. A little bit more about Michael. What type of question? Oh no, I would just want you. I want you to go with it. Tell me a little bit about about. Tell me about you and Michael. Okay, so we're both nature lovers. I would say you know, like if you have two people cut from the same cloth, we have a lot of the same interests. So that we are very very passionate about endangered species. Um, have a long history of being connected, very connected with uh, nature itself. Uh, Michael is very into ecology. He runs a land management and restoration company, which is focused here in in central Florida on restoring native habitats in Florida. We happen to live on what's called the Lake Wales Ridge. This is the only part of Florida that was never under the ocean. And therefore we have very unique prehistoric species, whether they are plants, animals, or insects. And um, trying to preserve that and make sure that, you know, the development doesn't destroy that let's say the gopher tortoise that lives here um that some of these plants that only exist here on the ridge don't get plowed under and forgotten 
I was just watching something about the manatees and the problems with the manatees mm. and how, you know, and again, the, the chemicals, all these horrific chemicals. You know, when I think of glyphosate, Roundup, etc., and I, I just, I get concerned because I, and I was speaking with the physician. Again, he was talking about how bad it is for our gut. I've talked with uh, uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, an MIT professor, about how bad it is, you know, for humans, how bad the glyphosate mm-hmm. is and how it, how it, it, what a disruptor it is, and we're concerned with the proteins and the vaccines, et cetera, and, and all the different. But again, when we think about it environmentally, and and I always talk about this at, at the, the with all the lawsuits, with all the successful lawsuits. Let me let me yes. rephrase that: successful lawsuits. So once for Monsanto and now for Bayer uh, that bought Monsanto and produces glyphosate and produces the Roundup and Roundup Ready the the products. It's, I'm surprised, how does our, and I hope you don't mind if I go here, how does our government, how, how, are we, how are they allowed to continue to produce it when we know how toxic it is? And even if people say, well, there are professionals that are trained and know how to use it, and there's, yeah, but I can walk into a store and buy gallons of it. And you don't have to take a test or read or the, the brochure, all the, you know, all the, the, the safety issues. You just, people just use it. And that, that that horrifies me that that our again not to get political or anything this is overall this is is not a party issue how our government allows that product to still be manufactured and utilized today well and you know the thing is like we just have to stop buying it i mean when i say we i mean collectively the reason why it's still out there is because people people continue to buy it supply and demand (laughs) now if we can come up with another way and we can get that out there, or we, we learn how to manage our ecology without trying to kill so many things that are native, <laughs> um, maybe there is a different way, right? There is, a, and there is a different way. Mm-hmm. And again, one of the ways is planting, certainly planting the weed, and I would urge people to go to the website and get more information about that, and it's johnnybutterflyseed.com, johnnybutterflyseed.com. So when putting the book together, tell me what the process was like for you. You know, the book for me, is like, I've always wanted to write a children's book. When I was in college, I told people that I was going to be a children's book author, um, but I was also a business major. <laughs> um, it just happened to be that when the world shut down for COVID, that there was this, what I call something wonderful was happening. Even though my consulting work in business was slowed down, it actually gave me the space. And I was like, I should wow. be doing something I've always wanted to do right now. <laughs> and so I, I, I literally sat down and wrote out the story of Johnny Butterfly Seed thinking I would at some point self-publish it, but I started handing it out to authors to get their opinions and their feedback and and help shape uh, the story a little bit. And then I reached out, like I told you before, and and found the illustrator, and it came to life just perfectly. The illustrations are are fantastic. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I then submitted to several different publishing houses and was literally shocked in such a short period of time. And this was in the fall of 2020 that uh, Post Hill Press out of New York, which is a traditional publisher, said, yeah, we'll publish this. And this will be distributed through Simon & Schuster. So it it currently is available globally on every online bookstore. So, you know, when when you set out to do something and you get that sort of confirmation 
that things happen exactly how they're supposed to. You just know you were supposed to do that. So that that had to feel really good to, to have really that. Really good. And again, the illustrations are absolutely fantastic. What, what is it like having your ideas put into illustration like that and come alive like that? That's got to be an incredible it's, experience. It's a really awesome experience, you know, because as I'm writing it, I was trying to visualize, and I'm not an illustrator, but when I handed my story over to Stephanie, and she, the first pass through, I was just like, you are gifted. I mean, she literally brought this story to life. I mean, we, we did do a few changes here and there, um, but it's just amazing. The people who do illustrations for children's books are so talented at bringing the words off the page to life into a picture. Yeah, and it's beautiful with Johnny Butterfly Seed. And I know, I know it's a, <laughs> I know it's a, it's 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 targeted for children. But it's a great book for people. It's a great book for and a great wake up call. I think for 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 all of us because we adults need to know. Yes, kids need to read it and kids need to encourage and and do what they can do. But adults need to. We need to lead. We need to lead. And I would I would love. And it's a wonderful book to sit down with a little one, and read mm-hmm. through and talk with them about it. Well, you know, kids will only find out about this if their parents also care if you think about this so if the parents don't know that you shouldn't kill the milkweed or every other weed in your yard um the kids won't either so it's really important you know that parents also get on board and you know this is something that's a fabulous experience to do with your children is grow the milkweed um watch the butterflies lay the eggs watch those eggs hatch turn into caterpillars and those hungry caterpillars eat up all the weeds on the milkweed and then turn into this beautiful chrysalis. And 14 days later, boom, butterfly. It is such a miracle. And great for kids to, mm-hmm. to witness that. And, and Absolutely. parents to, yeah. And for parents and for all of us. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still, it's still in my ancient age, it's so fascinating to me that it happens like that and they come out. I mean, it's just, it's that, that transformation is, is, Incredible! These beautiful, these beautiful, these amazing, these amazing uh, uh, monarch butterflies. Yes. And again, to you occur- know, go ahead, go ahead. It's just it. also to be able to have those conversations with your kid, kids about you know, like look how this little caterpillar can do this without even being told. It knows exactly what to do, and it turns into this butterfly who, by the way, can fly fifteen hundred miles on its little tiny wings. So sometimes it helps give perspective when we are challenged with something that we think is so overwhelming yeah. in life that we can say, wow, if that little butterfly can fly 1,500 miles, I think I can get through whatever I'm going through. And that's a great, that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing when you think about that, when you think about that little, you know, going that, that distance. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think, you know, if they, they if they're starting a new exercise program, or well, I don't know, I can, I don't know if I can walk around the block, but I can walk up the street a little bit, and and, and it all starts easy. I get that. It all starts yeah. with the the first step and the first. But it, again, for something like that, that's that's absolutely incredible. These incredible creatures that literally are are our pollinators, yes, for our world. Mm-hmm. And I I loved putting into the book some of those teachable moments, you know, like. Everyone gets, everyone gets a little stressed out when you have sure. so much. You want to accomplish something, and it seems so big. But 
in the book, the teachable moments that come across are like, you know what, all you have to do is just start. Just do one small thing every single day, and pretty soon you'll find other people who are passionate about the same thing, and together you're all doing one small thing, making a very, very big difference in the world. So it teaches kids, like, don't hold yourself back. Just get out there, start, and do some small thing every day, and you will make a difference. And again, that, that message, as I've always said, you know, if everybody d- did a little, others wouldn't mm-hmm. have to do a lot. If everybody right. just did a little. Mm-hmm. You know, again, something is just, like you say, if everybody did a little, you get the kids to encourage that. And, and you never know what they're, how they're, what, what's, what's going to inspire them to do as they grow up. To begin the tools that you're giving them yeah. As, as my, child, go ahead. Go well, my ahead. hope is that as kids read this story when they're eight years old, like Isla did in the, you know, in the advanced reviews. I love that. But, yeah. Um, I love that. When they read this and they become very engaged and inspired and have a passion around the monarch, you know, fast forward 10, 15 years, we have our future decision makers. Yes. Who hopefully have learned about the chemicals, about the urban development, about the climate changes, and they're better educated on the issues, and they can make better decisions. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, uh, I'm going to go back to when you you said about uh, uh, Isla, uh, age eight. I just love seeing this. You know, you've got the mayor uh, signatory in the National Wildlife Federation's Mayor's Monarch Pledge, uh, legal d- director for the Center for Food Safety. Uh, National Wildlife Mayor's Monarch Pledge, uh, uh, Bill Montz from uh, uh, City of, I'm sorry, Lakeland, Florida, and and Isla McKinnon, age eight, Minnesota. I mean, I just, I that, that I love that. I I love, you know, I, I again, maybe I read books differently because I'm reading for an interview or whatever, but I like to see what the advanced. I I, I like to see what the dedication is. I like to see mm-hmm. what it is because it tells me a little bit about the author. I love that you included that. I think that's so powerful. Again, it's johnnybutterflyseed.com, johnnybutterflyseed.com. Tell me for you about developing some of the other characters, if you will, in the book. Um, well, I spent a lot of time thinking about how many characters should be in the book. And so you see Johnny Butterfly Seed, and we do have Michael as the real live Johnny Butterfly Seed. If you look closely at Raven Silver Ring, you might notice a slight resemblance to myself. Uh, 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 <laughs> slight, I think, would be understating it. <laughs> and even Queen Venus is... Um, Michael's daughter, Sophia. So all the characters in the book are actually modeled after people in the family. Even even uh, Evelyn, the little girl in, in the in the picture in the school, is modeled after um, Michael's daughter, Agnes, and her daughter, Evelyn. <laughs> so these characters are all, um, we are all about saving the monarch butterfly, and it gave a lot of... Um, good personality to the characters right away to have actual personas in being people. And again, the illustrations are absolute, for listeners, the illustrations are absolutely wonderful. Uh, and again, if you go to the website, you can see more about it, johnnybutterflyseed.com, johnnybutterflyseed.com. They can order uh, autographed copies, correct? They can. So do that, From, yeah. from my website, you can get the author signed copies. Um, I will sign this as well as Johnny Butterfly Seed also does sign them. And then 
of course, you can also get it on every online bookstore, whether it's Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, any of those bookstores all have it online. Yeah, and if you want to, my understanding is if you want to uh, pick it up at Barnes & Noble, you can order it that way also if you want to patronize. Again, I know they're not independent booksellers, but they're still hiring people. They are still uh, renting uh, in your area and still hiring local people. So if you want to patronize that, you can do it that way also. And again, available everywhere online. We've got links up at louisfreeshow.com and wfmj.com or you can go directly to johnnybutterflyseed.com What what did Michael think? How did what, At what point did you, if you don't mind if I ask, did, did he help along with the process? Did he view along with the process or did you say, here it is? So he helps along with the process. So what was we that do, like? We do everything together. So <laughs> as I was writing the book... You didn't say surprise. My, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. He was my first reviewer. So we worked out a lot of the details um, early on before I started soliciting editing feedbacks from other authors. So, yeah, he was a very integral part of the process. And, you know, I'm just going to say we did, you know, like I'll put on my little Raven Silverwing costume and... I'll go places just like that and talk to people and give out books and, and give out seeds. So um, it's, part of our mission. Well, what is that like? What is that like for you? I think it's fun. I mean, people are sometimes surprised when, you know, like you show up somewhere where we're like, why do you have a costume on? I don't know. This is how I dress today. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And what's, what's, how does that feel for you to get the, get, I'm sure you get great reception, right? And you're educating people. Exactly. I, I love it. And I don't mind being different. I mean, I think we should just be ourselves no matter what. So I don't I'm with, mind. I'm with you there. I'm with you. <laughs> See, except I have the age. People don't look. They just, they may shake their head. They may look at me and, you know, God, is his hair green really? Is that, you know, did he, you know. But, and, but for you, for someone young, I think that's, that's absolutely wonderful to do. Well, I heard the best quote when I think I was in my 20s or something that what other people think of me is none of my business. Oh, I like that. You know what? I love that. What other people think of me is none of my business. You know what? I love that. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Words to live by. I had it up at my desk for years because it's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know who I am. I love that. What other people think of me is, is, is none of my business. So what, tell me a little bit more about the reception when you're out, when you're dressed in costume and, and working with the books. Well, and the kids scenes. absolutely light up. Kids are just like so attracted. Like if you're in a monarch costume and you're walking around with children's books, uh, kids will just come out of nowhere just to talk to you. So I think it's 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 very fun and people are very receptive everywhere that I've actually dressed up and went to. It's like I think it's totally it's a, it's a great thing to do. Well, it attracts people and people are, mm-hmm. are curious as to what you're doing, right? I mean, if you're just standing I, there, you know, people may not get the idea but they see you in costume and that and that's that's got to be be very very cool for you mm-hmm. very wonderful for you and attract and and people are inquisitive right so they'll they are. they'll come over and see when you say that about again i'm looking at a couple of emails about planting uh the milkweed is there certain times if you don't mind in in our area of course the weather's been so bizarre it's been so yeah. so warm and I think it's even going to be warmer this weekend. Uh, when do people plant the, people are asking, when do they plant the, the milkweed? Would you say, again, you're in Florida, in Ohio, Pennsylvania, what would you say? Right. I would say, you know, you do need to wait till spring, really, sure. and get those seeds in and plant as many. I mean, like, 
I go by, well, I used to live in Minnesota, so let me tell you yeah, that okay, you know, I know what it's like to be cold. <laughs> um, but what I would do is I would take milkweed seeds and wildflower seeds, and I would go out and, you know, like every two, three weeks, i just sprinkle a bunch of seeds right through where I wanted them. And then all these flowers would come up, and everyone would be like, oh, look at all the flowers we have this year. And I'm like, yep, I just keep laying down the seed. I, you know, a certain percentage will come up. And the more you put them down, the more you have. And again, so wait till spring, get them in the mm-hmm. ground, and with the, the milkweed, do it as, 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 plant as many as you can, right? Because yeah. again, and make your, make your area, make your yard, make your, your garden somewhere where the monarch butterflies can, can come. Right. Because there's so and many those, places they can't, go ahead. And the milkweed themselves, when they grow, they do form pods, and those pods release seeds, so... Once you have the milkweed established, they'll also keep reseeding themselves, which is a great thing. That's why they're called a weed, though. You know. That, yeah, and again, you've <laughs> got uh, you've you've got aprons, you've got shirts, right? Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more. Oh, you've got uh, uh, notebooks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got lots of great stuff. Yeah. Ceramic mugs. Yes. Water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for big fans, and of course, like I carry these things around, I'll carry my Johnny Butterfly Seed water bottle, or I'll be drinking out of a Johnny Butterfly Seed cup. Um, it's just, you know, it helps with the little advertising, and the illustrations are so amazing that it looks great on products. But And yes, I do wear my Johnny Butterfly Seed apron in the kitchen. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I love that my milkweed brings all the monarchs, monarchs. to the yard. That's, yeah. that's great. Yep. And that's great. And T-shirts also. And coffee mm-hmm. cups and everything available. Yeah. And again, it helps support your work, correct? That's correct. Which is so that's important. Correct. Tell us a little bit more about the work. So I, all year long, continue to plant gardens and, and raise monarch butterflies and other butterflies. And uh, also very, very active in restoring, like I was mentioning before, native um, habitats and plants on the Lake Wales Ridge. So, and what's that like for you? What's that like for you? I mean, it's I not very it. rewarding, but what is it? What is it? Well, sometimes like it's a lot of hard work. You know, okay. we own I'm land sure. on the ridge, and you know, we're we're constantly you have you have work to do on the land all the time. So whether it's removing invasive uh, non-native plants, or you're planting native plants, or you're clearing trails to get through the woods, or you're planting things for particular insects like the monarchs. There's a, a constant flow of work that needs to be done on the land. And you get that, that's an issue. The, the invasive uh, plants is an, an issue. I was talking with someone in my area recently about some of these, uh, and they, they're very fast-growing. I don't know if they're actually called trees or not, but things that are invasive yeah. and yeah, as, as nice as you may think and how quickly they grow, and they may look nice, but they're, they're, it's a problem. And they, and they take over. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, especially in Florida, there was a time where a lot of people were bringing ornamental uh, plants and planting them in their yard. And I'll just use oh. one. The Brazilian pepper tree that produces these very red berries. And they have literally taken over. I mean, everywhere. You'll drive along a freeway or a highway, and you'll see a Brazilian pepper going the whole way. And what that does is it actually chokes out the native plants that are supposed to be there and therefore changes your ecology 
So certain insects are, and certain animals are losing their habitats because some of these plants are taking over. So someone needs to be able to remove these, and more people have to be educated on the danger or the, the impact that they're having to our ecology. And, you know, I look at it and say, you know what? Some of this land has less value because it's covered in invasive non-native plants that are actually choking out the habitat for our native things. Which is awful. Again, mm-hmm. which is awful and it changes things, and, and, you, and it could be irreparable harm. Yeah. When you and think it about does. it, again, it is. just like, you know, when we, we, we look at what's going on, again, environmentally, and we look at the, uh, how we keep cutting down, you know, people say, well, there's so many squirrels. Well, you know, you're getting rid of the habitat. Why are all the deer? Well, you know, and it's tragic mm-hmm. if you see a, a deer, you know, hit by a car or whatever. It's like, where are they going to, you know, people complain about the deer. Well, you cut down, you, you took away all their their habitat the yeah. yeah and and you keep cutting down and building when there's other areas of land that you could use and and reutilize it's already i i don't know it's just i don't want to get into local issues with you but there, there are it happens too often where there's it, space it available and it's like well you know we'll just we'll buy this spot and we'll just cut everything down and that breaks my heart <laughs> it, yeah, it does <laughs> there's a way to coexist you know and yeah. i think more people have to think about you know it is a it's a coexisting. It's a so co- how do we how do we live with the habitat, with the the animals, the insects, the things that are already there, and be as low impact as we possibly can as humans. Yeah, as low impact as as we possibly can. You know, mm-hmm. I was talking with some folks from the, our, our library, and there's digital services where you can get magazines. And again, I'm a big recycler, and I'm always recycling. Yet, if you cannot use the magazine, if you can get it online and look through it online, then you're actually not. No one has to cut down a tree to to do the the mag. You know, to print the magazine to send to you that you recycle because there's a cost of recycling. Also, there is. It's important mm-hmm. to recycle. Again, I'm all for recycling, but if you don't have to use it. Then, or find other ways to do it. That's a much better way. Or instead of all the plastic water bottles, buy your your water bottle. Buy your water right? bottle and we just use fill it, it and fill it up, right? And that's fill it right. up and fill it mm-hmm. up. So a little bit again about the website, JohnnyButterflySeed.com. So in addition to the things that you were talking about from a retail perspective, we also maintain um, a blog that has a lot of educational material in it. Um, whether you're interested in being an urban butterfly farmer or you want to know how to work with a, a, a native plant like the scrub plum and propagate that. So it's a, quite a span from anything from children to adults. You can get a lot of educational materials from johnnybutterflyseed.com. Yeah, and again, you can go. You just go there. We, again, we've got the links up at louisfreeshow.com, wfmj.com, johnnybutterflyseed.com. Again, check out. By the way, check out the uh, the blog. Again, you've got a lot of information, lots of information at the blog, and you're wonderful. And please say hi to, to Michael for me. I mean, you do wonderful work, and this is so important. Again, if you can, if we can raise the kids with this idea and understand mm-hmm. that people plant the milkweed, I'm going to do it in the spring. You know, again, spring for an old guy like me, it's a long time away. But if I'm if I'm still here, I'm planting. I'm seriously, I'm planting milkweed because I think it's a wonderful thing to do. Because we we wonder, what do you do? People don't know. You know, I love the butterflies. I miss the butterflies. I'm not using Roundup. I'm not using these harsh chemicals, and which is great. Mm -hmm. But what more can I do? And that's what you do with 
Johnny Butterfly Seed and johnnybutterflyseed.com. The Adventures of Johnny Butterfly Seed, again, available everywhere online. And again, you can order it through Barnes & Noble. You can go directly to the website, johnnybutterflyseed.com. Teresa Parrish, I'm honored to have you on. I hope you'll do the gig with me again. I love the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Steve. Thank you so much. How wonderful, folks. Again, if you go to the website, go to the website. We've got links up at louisfreeshow.com. Uh, WFMJ.com. Just go directly to the website and get more information. Recordings. You can order the book. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.